listening to Rumination Thursday Law and Gospel on this January the 28th in the year of our Lord 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me on the line is Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, although we've got some snow here. We do, too. We got about three inches. How much did you get? A little over an inch in our area. Well, I'm just about going by your way this afternoon for about a little trip, over 300 miles round trip, in preaching tonight. And so I'm pretty sure the snow stopped up in your way, too, and the roads are okay. Oh, yeah, roads are open. All righty. Well, what we have to talk about is something that, you know, each Thursday we really don't know what we're going to speak on. I often will phone you and you'll pick a topic. But uh, this week was somewhat easy because our president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, uh, namely Matthew C. Harrison, wrote a letter to pastors. And let me just introduce why he wrote it. Brothers and sisters in Christ, in recent weeks, I received a number of inquiries from concerned members of the Synod about the COVID-19 vaccines as they seek to maintain their support for the sanctity of life and for religious freedom. These questions have come not in the interest of politicizing the matter, but out of sincere Christian moral conviction. And I was unaware of this. The question is, are COVID-19 vaccines related to abortion? Did you have any understanding that that was even a question going around? Only two days before it was uh, released, that letter was released. My wife had run across an email on that, too. So, you know, it was news to me when, when this all came out. Yes. So it's two-page email, and he begins by saying the science regarding this is complex. Uh, What did he say about the two vaccines approved by the FDA? Well, he said they were not designed or developed or produced using cell lines derived from aborted fetal, human fetal tissue. So, uh, I guess it comes a matter of whether it contains in development or it doesn't. Is that correct? Uh, Yes. Um, There was another item that I found from uh, expert Dr. James Lawler. And he says the COVID-19 vaccines do not contain any aborted fetal cells. However, Pfizer and Moderna, those are two vaccines, did perform confirmation tests to ensure the vaccines work using fetal cell lines. And then he goes on to make the distinction between a fetal cell line and fetal tissue. And he makes the point that fetal cell lines are cells that grow in a laboratory. They descend from cells taken from elective abortions in the 70s and 80s, but they have since multiplied 
into many new cells over the past four or five decades, creating fetal cell lines. So the fetal cell lines are thousands of generations removed from the original fetal tissue. Yeah, but it's still, it's, it's, in my mind, it's like it's still using fetal, fetal cells, are, are they not? I mean, whether they're derived or they still had its origin in an aborted material, did it not? That's, I guess, what is being said here. Uh, they also indicate that this has already been used in developing other uh, vaccines and helping in certain situations, such as with certain diseases, such as AIDS, etc., that this has been going on for some time, that they'll take the fetal lines rather than the fetal cells. So... Well, I, I yeah, I can understand that, but I, I think what I, I was looking at is those were tests versus uh, the vaccine containing any substance derived from aborted human fetal cells. Isn't that really the question, whether it contains or it doesn't? Yeah, I'm not clear whether it contains or doesn't. In fact, I was trying to learn whether or not fetal cell lines, let's say a woman wants to become pregnant, can she use a fetal cell line to become pregnant? I just don't know. I don't either, boy. And uh, that seems to be up in the air, one of the questions that uh, Harrison answers. But in that first one, are COVID-19 vaccines related to abortion? Right at the last sentence there, it says that Pfizer nor Moderna contain any substance derived from aborted fetal cells. So, you know, it, it seems to me whether they contain or don't contain in the vaccine, and the two that, that are predominantly out there right now don't contain aborted cells, it's the testing that, that they're talking about, is it? Yes, that they had... Uh... Other vaccine candidates did use human fetal issue, but um, they did not use it in these two vaccines, the Pfizer, you said, and the Moderna vaccines. So we finally get down to it with this question, does the Senate take a position on the reception of vaccines using human fetal tissue? And his answer is? They don't have a, an official position on such vaccines at this time. If they did, they'd probably make it through a Senate convention. Yes. We're definitely against abortion, no doubt about that. And we advocate, he says in the letter, for the pro-life positions in the public square. Now, you know there are people who won't even allow their kids to have a flu shot, having nothing to do with fetal tissue, but they don't like these vaccinations their kids are getting because they think it actually harms the children, and they have the right 
therefore, not to take those shots. But then that means they sometimes can't go to a public school if they don't have a certification that they took, say, a flu shot, because they're putting other kids in danger, uh, according to the school. So the question is, can I obtain a religious exemption for the COVID-19 vaccine? And what is his answer to that? Well, uh, you know, there's no no uh, re- uh, requirement made by our, de- our denomination one way or the other. We would have to check with our local state officials as to whether we do or we don't. That's right. And especially talk to your doctor. So the question is, should I take COVID-19 vaccine? And since this is really an important point, as I'll show in a few minutes, since neither scripture nor the synod has explicitly addressed this issue, it remains a matter of Christian freedom where you must choose according to your individual conscience. So that's where the synod is at at this point. And he quotes James 1.19. Do you want to say what that says? Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Yes. He explains that means listen carefully and openly to the points of others, uh, consider them, share your positions patiently and objectively, reflect upon your own penchant for error, forgive others where they sin against you, and ask for forgiveness where you wrong them. Now, he's talking about our attitude when we're speaking to others. And this is kind of important. There's a statement in this letter that it was all by itself could really cause some problems in the synod. He says, I would encourage you not to allow disagreement, even over undoubtedly important matters such as this, to take precedence over the faith that unites us in Christ. In all things, we should heed the call to maintain unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, if that sentence was outside of this letter, some people might give the get the impression that we should be allowing disagreement over other issues such as creation or evolution or whether Jesus was born of a virgin or whether he rose from the dead. But Pastor Harrison isn't talking about those things, is he? No, no. We're really caught in a catch-22, so to speak, when when it comes to this COVID situation and and how it's developed. That's that's why I asked the question: Do they contain any substance derived from aborted human fetal cells? They they run tests, but they also run tests on adults, you know, on the vaccine. So, I mean, where do you stop with the testing? Yes. If it doesn't contain fetal cell tissue, now the one in England that they do, it, it appears that that was made with fetal tel- cell issue. 
and who knows what other countries are, are using. But here in the United States, it's pretty clear there is no fetal cell tissue. This kind of reminds uh, me. Not, not, not. Uh, Got to hold you back on that one. You know, he he uh, said go to a pro life uh, bioethics Charlotte Lozer Institute. If you go there, there's a listing of of companies that do use fetal cell, and guess which one does? Johnson and Johnson. That's coming up. Hello? Well, that seems to contradict what he says. Neither the two, the tech one or the Moderna one, contain any right. substance derived right. from aborted human fetal, fetal cells. That's what I'm saying. Right, those two. But there, there are American companies that are using it other than those two and worldwide it's really a mixed bag out, out out there. Well, he already indicated the UK approved Oxford AstraZeneca did use, right. use, but my point was that the ones okayed in the United States don't. And I don't think you contradicted oh, okay. me. Okay, yes. No, no, I didn't. I was contradicting you. The concern, the concern that, that I have in looking at it further is there's about a dozen or so companies coming up after that, that that will. Right now, we're only looking at three that have been approved for, for use. And behind them are about another dozen that are looking for approval. But they don't have it. Not yet. Right. And so, and the ones that do are those out of the country. So I, right. I make the point again that I think Pastor Harrison is correct, that the right. ones that the FDA have okayed, do not have the problem that some people are talking about that other companies are, are doing. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I've signed up to take, take one from one of those approved com companies and I'm going, thank God it doesn't use aborted fetal tissues to develop it. Now, in light of the fact that Synod and Scripture really haven't dealt with this, then we should have the ability to have disagreement with others. And it kind of reminds me when it came about that a person in medicine had a coma and the only thing keeping him alive were machines. He may have even been brain dead. At that point, the Synod did not have a position as to what a person should do, but we've now made a distinction between those that we would put to death by, in other words, active euthanasia, where we would put them to death by giving them a drug that would kill them, or passive euthanasia, where we might even turn off the machines and see what God does there. And so we came to a conclusion, and we have a policy. But at this point, the Synod does not have a policy on these vaccines, and that's why he encourages us to take a look at other places as well as to talk to our doctor. Right, and they do give us 
uh, some uh, places that we can go and check on these companies. And I think it's wise that we do that. But boy, it, we're we're really at a what a cutting edge on making these decisions. And it gets uh, trickier as we go along developing these things, doesn't it? Well, James Lawler makes the point: no fetal cell lines were used to manufacture the the vaccine that's okayed by the government and they are not inside the injection you receive from the doctor. So that's right. a kind of important point. I think it's a very important point for, for us that, that are right to lifers. Do you, you want to finish that? Well, uh, if you're against abortion, you don't want to... Uh, fetal material being used to do, to be part of, of the experiment itself. I mean, where do you draw the line? And I, I, I personally would not use a vaccine that contains stuff from an abortion. Uh, just, I think it was yesterday, our president signed an executive order to start uh, funding abortion again. So, you know, He's, he's opened up a door that would close here a few years back. Yeah, that's another subject entirely as to how a Roman Catholic can do that and still take yeah. the Lord's Supper is beyond me. But um, that's a really problem with the Roman Catholic bishops who are allowing him to still can take the Lord's Supper, although some are discussing that right now that those who are in support of abortion should not be permitted to take the Lord's Supper because they are not repenting of a sin that is an abomination before Almighty God. And that's, I don't know if you ever had anyone in your congregation. I had somebody, I got a call that she had been shot, one of my members. And I went to visit her at the hospital. And the reason she had been shot is she worked at an abortion clinic as a secretary when people would come in to make arrangements. And one of the husbands had come in and started shooting people, and she was one of them that got shot. And we told her that we would begin excommunication proceedings if she remained as a secretary. And she said, well, that was one of the only jobs I could find. I'm out of work. So we found her another job, and she did take that. So we uh, released her from any excommunication. But I don't think too many congregations uh, practice proper excommunication, uh, particularly, what was it, an Elka church who had a doctor who was performing abortions, and a man came into the church while he was at church and shot him to death. And that was an Elka who, of course, permit abortions and homosexuality, etc. So if yeah, you've got I, somebody in your congregation who is in the abortion business, boy, you better be careful if he's in your congregation. Right. Translating that now into a derivative of those, or what we're talking about, and yes. we're talking about, you know, Testing versus an actual contained substance of it. 
So, I mean, it, it gets more complex as, as our sciences, so to speak, get more complex, doesn't it? It, it, it doesn't seem like it is right now because the two vaccines okayed uh, don't have this fetal tissue within it. So as long as you're going to be taking that, but these two vaccines don't guarantee you, you won't get the Chinese virus. So we're going to have to wait and see what they're going to come out with in that area and how it was developed and what it contains. But at this point, if the FDA continues to only okay those things that don't have fetal tissue in them, then it appears that there should be no problem with taking a vaccine. And what President Harrison wants to do is if you disagree with someone on that issue, that we do it in a way that is Christian, that we don't hurt a person or put them in, in danger of being tempted by the devil. That that I would agree with. You know how long it took took uh, Europe to get over the Black Plague? No. Two hundred years. Huh. For to, to, to recover, because when the, at the height of the Black Plague, they lost half of uh, Europe to, to death on that, and it just took years upon years to to recover from from that. And uh, we're nowhere near that with uh, COVID-19. The, the research, the vaccination speed is, is just light years ahead of what, what went on in the 1300s. So, you know, I guess we have to keep that in perspective. And I think our president is correct, that, uh, President Harrison, that, that we need to, to have open minds when we're dealing with one another on these matters. Yes, when the Senate meets in convention, if this becomes an issue, what often happens in what is adopted, there are whereases that help us to understand how we can make a proper uh, decision, such as when somebody is on life support only and we have to make a decision between active or passive euthanasia. That's something that we came to. So there's going to be more coming and particularly in light of your concern, if some of the vaccines not only came about because of testing with fetal tissue, but actually has fetal tissue in them. So right. yeah. next time we talk about this, uh, perhaps we should have a, a doctor on with us who understands was, these yeah. items more than we do. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> you know. well, what is your daughter a nurse or right and she's debating whether to take it or not take it if her employment requires that she's going to yes uh, there's a whole bunch of body of people out there that that if you catch it you you're, you've got a 99 percent recovery rate that those that are catching COVID 19 or have health issues to begin with yes very few children die from it, but older people with other problems that make it difficult uh, to counteract the disease do. So that's something that we got to keep in mind when we're taking a look at this. And I think you made a good point 
His main point is every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Now, you can obtain a copy of this letter. It's, um, and also there's other information given. Uh, all you do is go to lcms.org and, and, and take a look for a pastoral letter about COVID-19 vaccines. And it has other items you can look at. Uh, I didn't get to this one, but there's a document by the Roman Catholics, too, on this. And oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, the LCMS and COVID-19 facts and considerations available online for sure. And then the Roman Catholic view is another one. All right, tomorrow's Law and Gospel is going to be Open Mic Friday. You may have a question on this that maybe we did not address. Email me at lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com. I'm Tom Baker. With me, Pastor Wes Reinitz. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.